0: So that was 42 at the Uh Yes, 42, 43, 44. 42 we can, could quickly summarize as there's some stuff going on, and then there's two pages of Drax punching asteroids. Angry punching asteroids. That's where Captain Marvel got really f- flarking weird at this point. Yeah, there's the space donkey that they ride around on. It's
1: Well, not just that. It's also the fact that all of a sudden Rick Jones and Captain Marvel, because this was before the final attack with the Supreme Intelligence. And so the Supreme Intelligence split them and each gave them a band, and so now Rick can actually do super heroic things as Rick, except at the time they don't realize it, they effectively steal power from each other. Yeah, I didn't get that far. Yeah, what happened was they went home, oh yes, when he faced the Watcher, when the Watcher intervened. Yes, oh, hey, there yeah. was a point at which he goes to the moon and Uatu's there, uh, well, so there's an issue I haven't read yet, but
0: that is tagged on my, um, oh hey, Adam Orlock is in this, that's Captain Marvel 39, A Trial of the Watcher, and that would happen before this.
1: Oh, right, that was it. He uses the negabands because he's trapped in a stasis field by the other Watchers, and so he uses the negaband to break out of it, which causes an implosion, which sucks Rick out of the negative zone and puts them both into the positive universe and then what happens is later on captain marvel especially feels like he has no real reason to continue to be on earth because he's finally free he's not tied to rick anymore and then rick breaks up with luann because of stupid Krutak and his whole rick to is become a rock star thing falls through so he's like hey marvel i'll go with you and they figure out that they can recombine and separate Relatively, at will, so they recombine and effectively, Captain Marvel acts as a spaceship for the both of them, going back to the Kree homeworld. They encounter the Kree intelligence, and the Kree intelligence needs to—they've reached the pinnacle of their evolution because the Kree intelligence is a combined thing, and they need to utilize Captain Marvel or Rick somehow in order to evolve beyond. Otherwise, humanity will evolve ahead of them. And then be able to conquer or destroy or something along those lines. And so, in the process, he separates, forcibly separates Rick and Captain Marvel, and they each wind up with a Negaband. And Rick finds out that he can actually fly and actually, you know, like throw a superhero punch type thing. And so, then they have this sort of hero sidekicky thing bouncing around for a while. And then they wind up having to fight the Supreme Intelligence that actually has to manifest as a thing. And it's doing this to try to kill the both of them. Because okay. since they're fighting, they're fighting a manifest, separate manifests of the Secret Supreme Intelligence. They're drawing power from each other, and eventually they'll run out. And so, this is the Supreme Intelligence, which I really have to bring into questions. Plan, Supreme, yes, <laughs> is to effectively exhaust the two of them by making them have to draw life energy from each other. But of course, what they do is Captain Marvel sacrifices as much as he can to Rick, so that Rick can defeat the one that he's fighting, and then they can both gang up on the other one, and they wind up re-imploding or something like that and it effectively lets out a giant em field which shuts down the supreme intelligence
0: welcome to another episode of cosmic tales the guardians of the galaxy podcast i'm jesse butler and i'm joined with
1: jeff davis this episode
0: i didn't say which episode number was 10 that's okay this is episode 10 (laughs) we are going to look at captain marvel 42 43 and 44 appears to be Steve Engelhart and Al Milgram barnstorming bananas. Giacchia, Giacchia, G I A C O I A. I can say Mike Esposito. Yeah, Mike Esposito is one of the inkers, and the other is Frank G. And then i put his first name in for Orzakowski on lettering, P. Rachelson on coloring, and good old Marv Wolfman on
1: editing. Gotta say that's that's a pretty good name to be have having if you're going to be editing Marvel comics. Marvel one well
0: see it's funny because i know him mostly from dc you mean
1: he's cheating on well not at this time oh he switched to the later date
0: yeah this would be what 73 first appearance is Brave the bowl 1964 i don't really tell me
1: much well this marvel is 74 it wouldn't surprise me if you had a lot of crossover because comics was kind of i don't want to quite say it but incestuous it's you've had true. a lot of people Going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, except for, of course, the anchor people like Stanley and stuff like that. Ah, uh, he did the new Teen Titans in 1980. Ah, so after this run, then? Yes. So I don't know if you want me to recap for people again because i actually got obsessed with captain marvel here shortly and read everything uh, last
0: time when we last saw captain marvel was in uh captain marvel 33 which uh was where he defeated thanos and thanos died never to be seen again
1: (laughs) (laughs) never to be seen again until
0: (laughs) we've already seen him not dead in warlock recently but
1: that's okay as quick yeah. of a recap as I can get with this. After this, you've got a lot more of the Marvel-Rick conflict kind of thing going on. There's a few other villains that are thrown in here and there. Winds up being that Marvel goes to the moon because there's some kind of conflict going on there. Wounds up getting caught by through the Watcher who has only made a few appearances previous, but always been kind of go-to character and the host, if you will, of what Only
0: ifs. a few appearances? He appeared well, a lot in Fantastic Four up to this Well,
1: spot. yeah, they they mentioned like five when we get to the later sections, but runs into Watu the Watcher, gets captured. There's the Lunatic Legion, which is a bunch of people on the moon who want to do terrible, awful things to him. He manages to defeat them, confronts the Watcher. The Watcher apologizes for what he did. He felt he was under the influence of the Lunatics, and had to do this. And so now he's going to go seek punishment. And Captain Marvel realizes that, you know, he's actually a good guy. He was just in a bad situation and insists on coming along to be a character witness at the trial. Goes to the Watcher homeworld. The Watchers immediately go, what the hell are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Put him into a stasis field. To get out of the stasis field, he uses the bands to cause a implosion somehow. And this winds up separating him and Rick into separate beings. So they're now fully independent. They deal with the trial. Owatu gets generally charges dismissed kind of situation they go back to earth marvel starts to feel like he doesn't belong there anymore rick pursues his rock and roll career but it doesn't turn out to be what he wanted it to be so they both decide hell let's get off the planet they go back to the kree homeworld on the kree homeworld the supreme intelligence is wanting them there because the supreme intelligence is the combined intelligence of a bunch of kree but it's reached the maximum pinnacle of its evolution and humanity is continuing to evolve And they're concerned that humanity is going to outstrip them, so they want to use Rick Jones and or Captain Marvel, I can't remember the specifics, to advance the Kree civilization. So the splitting can get recombined for ease. And so what happens is the Kree Supreme Intelligence forcibly splits them, which causes the Negabands to be on both Marvel and Rick. And now Rick has the capacity to have Marvel-like abilities. He can fly, he can you know, superhero punch people. They try to... Attack the Supreme Intelligence, try to get control of everything, and the Supreme Intelligence pops them away. And then that's where we come in at 42. (laughs) So I just
0: want to interject real quick. According to the comic book database, Watu the Watcher has appeared in about 45 issues before this point.
1: Holy goosh. I knew he was prevalent because he pops up in a lot of stuff later too, but they only uh, mentioned like four or five instances in his whole trial thing. So. Well,
0: there may be only four or five where he actually like does something, as opposed to just sort of popping up and looks ominous just sort of being there.
1: Yeah. yeah, And of course, he, he shows up. He is like the host of the what ifs.
0: Yeah, though, did they do the what ifs at this point? No, what ifs don't start until seventy seven, so we're a couple years Not away from
1: too far away. But yeah, clearly they like at this point. Walk to the watcher? Oh yeah. Well,
0: I mean, he first appeared in Fantastic Four number thirteen, so that's nineteen sixty three. Yeah, pretty much a lot of the early silver surfer issues involved the watcher there appears to be a half a dozen tales of suspense that may just be him introducing the tale of suspense because he could i don't know yeah
1: <laughs> it's li- much like with the what ifs he makes for the perfect host character type
0: let's take a look at 42 so i can tell you the short version for people who are concerned with drax's story is oops i missed it flipping through the issue here we go one page one, half a page interlude at this very moment some two million miles distance a space traveler nears a sharply shadowed sphere silent and alone downward he drops easing into the planetoid's thin atmosphere sailing toward a gentle landfall and then thanos to the scream of a terrible name he destroys the sphere that's it that is all we see of drax in this
1: issue yeah (laughs) the rest of it's all just marvel and rick jones
0: i will let you go into that some i'll flip through and see if there's any hilarious (laughs) pictures i want to talk about Definitely,
1: there there are quite a few here, (laughs) because, I mean, this is some serious 70s stuff going on here. So you've got this Kree Supreme Intelligence teleports them away to a random planet in the middle of nowhere with a poisonous atmosphere, yet the Kree Intelligence doesn't want to kill-kill them, it wants to be able to utilize them. Yet it stuck them on a planet with a poisonous atmosphere. Yeah,
0: but it stuck them conveniently close to some old miner with a space helmet. Miner with a space helmet
1: and space donkey.
0: It is true. I'm not really sure how the space donkey uh, gets into orbit, but uh, later they do ride it through space.
1: There's a lot of stuff going on here. And then we've got the 70s helmets with giant glass bubble things. which I've always wondered, you've got planetoids, I suppose it's got an atmosphere because it's poisonous, but nobody wears spacesuits. They just wear these helmets. And, you know, spacesuits don't just exist so that you're not naked in space. They have practical purposes beyond that. But people at this point seem to think, oh, stick a glass globe on your head and you're fine.
0: Well, and at the end of this issue, they will ride off into space and not be wearing anything more than the helmet.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, Rick Jones is on this planet with total 70s gear. He's got, like, the blazer on and he's got the shirt and the shirt is open down to about the mid-button and he's got no gloves on or anything like that and he's standing on Poisonous Atmosphere Planet.
0: Sure. Well, even better, this Poisonous Atmosphere Planet appears to be full of space cowboys
1: and <laughs> yes, miners. for some <laughs> reason. And furthermore, I forgot about one other thing that was going to happen here. To get to the homeworld, Rick Jones swiped a, well, not swiped, he actually got legitimate usage of a Iron Man style spacesuit It was developed by Tony Stark, because while they could separate to go get through space, it was best to be Captain Marvel, but he could only go for 10 hours before he needed to swap back and recharge. So Rick was in the spacesuit so that he could be in space and not die. Yet, here he is in 70s gear, no gloves whatsoever in the interim.
0: Well, apparently here on page 6, he uses the power of the bands to give himself a blue and red space suit-ish thing, so apparently that's why he can go in space in his new suit.
1: Well, yeah, and this is the case where this is the second instance that he's actually been able to use the Negaband. Captain Marvel is absolutely amazed by this, because he never thought to do this you know here's a thing that can alter the properties of matter and take things from the negative to the positive zone and he never thought hey maybe i could use it to change my costume
0: not just swap places with rick jones all the time well i mean they're sort of building what its powers can do as they go eventually these bands will be passed on to the legacy of captain marvel and that's how it gets successors
1: generally we've got science fiction okay corral going on here. It's literally in fact called okay. They walk up to the airlock and it's got okay at the top of it. Well the title of this issue is Shootout at the OK space station. So we've got all of the classic stuff. We've got the possibly semi-corrupt law enforcement, general thuggery, people being beaten up. Marvel steps in to be the good guy, so everybody jumps him, proceed with fight where the two of them actually do superhero-like things. Um, uh,
0: they also meet an attractive alien woman.
1: Well, of course, there's always an attractive alien woman. But yeah, meanwhile, after the fight, you know, they all wind up in the tavern where they meet attractive alien woman who looks remarkably like Rick Jones's ex-girlfriend at this point because he broke up with her before they left her which was really oh and it's sad.
0: actually just a mysterious appearance because she kind of fades away and disappears mm-hmm. so i think that's more foreshadowing for the strange plot of next episode yeah
1: next of course strange plot continues in this episode where after a while we get to meet the stranger
0: Oh, yeah. Who
1: is some random schmo who exists to show up places and fight people. And he's not, well, I'm not sure you could ever say average in anything that goes on in comic books, but he's not really your average sort of villain. Very Ming the Merciless inspired costume, lots of sharp edges. He's got the whole I'm wearing boy shorts with a loincloth for some reason. It's not a lot of discussion as to why he shows up. Not a lot of discussion to his motivations for attacking Marvel at this point. There were subtle machinations in the previous ones that the Kree Supreme Intelligence has been doing a lot of things sort of puppeteering in the background. So that's possible why this is going on, but it's never really made terribly clear. So
0: apparently he made his first appearance in Uncanny X-Men number
1: 11. Oh, Stranger? Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: So he's been around. Talking about Thor in issue 178, bat with the Silver Surfer, some of those tales to astonish.
1: Yeah. Uh, He seems like that kind of guy that they just whip out to have somebody randomly fight.
0: Yeah, kinda. Of. His most recent appearance is in Thanos Annual One. Oh, they're still
1: running with him? Yeah. Well, twenty
0: fourteen. Wow. <laughs> sure. Probably He's had a to... costume
1: upgrade. I'm Maybe. gonna say he probably had a costume upgrade. Maybe not. Probably had a costume upgrade. So it proceeds that the stranger can apparently fire energy out of his hands, which Captain Marvel did not know because he was going to, you know, draw a gun. And he's generally trying to revoke the Stranger into doing things. Marvel manages to evade, throw a couple of attempts at attacking, doesn't manage to do it, and then flies up and fires at him, hits him straight in the chest, and absolutely nothing happens. Except now the Stranger takes the energy that Marvel fired and shoots it right back at him and proceeds to break the dome. Because the whole thing's in a dome, I forgot. Poisonous atmosphere outside dome so that people don't have to yeah. wear helmets all the time. At which point... Rick Jones notices this and rushes up there to try to find a way to fix it while Marvel continues to fight the Stranger. Because it's clear the Stranger doesn't care about anything other than fighting Marvel. So at this point, Rick Jones is up and attempting to weld the dome shut, I'm assuming with the Negabands. Marvel's Attention is snagged between about three different things at once, and he gets shot in the back. The which stranger- is interesting, considering the whole cosmic awareness thing we got back in 33, guess that doesn't really work anymore.
0: Yeah, it only works while well, Jim Starlin's writing. Oh, okay. So,
1: so that's the that's the <laughs> issue. So yeah, so the
0: stranger's like, wait, I didn't mean to shoot him in the back, that's not sportsman-like,
1: and I'll just leave. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, oh, I shot him in the back. Flark. That messed everything up. I'm gone. Yeah. Rick Jones
0: fixes the dome, but that took all his energy, so he falls, but Captain Marvel catches him while they're saying goodbye to the guy and he's getting in his mule. Uh, he sees the girl again, and she disappears. And they ride off into the sunset. I
1: mean, the stars. Yes, putting their helmets back on, mind you, well, but yeah. nothing else. And just jumping onto a robot donkey and flying off.
0: To be honest, I'm a bit surprised that Captain Marvel needs a helmet in space. I could have swore we saw him flying around in space before.
1: Yeah, that is kind of a thing, so...
0: But that's okay. We don't really need to dwell on this issue of Captain Marvel. We can move on to the next one.
1: Which, issue. for being a setup issue doesn't really set much up it's pretty much marvel gets pulled off of a random planet to another random planet fights a bunch of people and then tries to find his way back to the planet he started at
0: sure so but he gets a space donkey
1: but he gets a space donkey and a helmet so now we jump to 43 which actually has drax in it
0: yeah so this appears to have steve englehart author al milgram artist tom orzikowski calligraphy petra goldberg coloring and good old Marvelman editor yep Uh, I like the cover here. You've got a nice uh, starry background, and you've got tracks and
1: Captain Marvel wrestling. You definitely have the Marvel Galaxy thing. The Marvel Galaxy seems to be far more packed with stars and planets than our native galaxy, because there has been no time that I have seen people flying through space, and it's been just, like, blackness with a couple of little bits of light. It's usually, like, packed with stuff.
0: Well, presumably, if you're not in the atmosphere with a bunch of white pollution, you can see more stars. That is true. (laughs) But yes, this does look more like a you know magnified hubble telescope starscape then
1: well and the number of planets that are in relative proximity to each other in the backdrop
0: yes with one star because those are artistic uh, not actual yeah science didn't
1: really imply much in this particular case yeah because i can tell you in the
0: last episode that we haven't recorded yet (laughs) we'll see warlock in the solar system and a view that shows the planets in the sun and totally not to scale because you would not be able to see any of the planets (laughs) at scale (laughs) they'd just be dots so it's artistic license but it looks good on a
1: cover oh it does it looks good in the comic too because the first three panels you've got in this episode or in this issue is them riding on a space mule which just just let it go yep Just let it go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're getting this absolute panoramic, amazing view of the Marvel Universe. Um, with but... perhaps the best bit of advice you can give to somebody who's picking up Captain Marvel right now, a man must take space as it comes. And apparently it comes packed to the gills with stuff. Yes, it does. So
0: this title stretches across three pages. Destroy Destroyer Screams the Destroyer.
1: <laughs> Oh, yes, it does. I didn't notice that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, here we actually get into the details of it. The Supreme Intelligence needs to assimilate Rick Jones's brain in order to be able to continue to evolve. That is what's going on here. And Rick wasn't willing to just let him have it. So that's why the conflict had started. And they're doing the general recap. You know, they got sent away. So they're going to try to head back to the Cree homeworld in order to confront the Supreme Intelligence, get this all sorted out.
0: Wow. Okay. So after the recap, and we see the destroyer again. So not only punching asteroids because he's bored, but he goes and rips the heart, the
1: flaming core of a sun. <laughs> uh huh. It's pretty impressive. Although I do, I do have to mention previous page, fresh after the recap, the whole, we're in space, wearing helmets, shush, don't you hear something very far away? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh which is funny because the next page says the obliteration
0: of a world is soundless in space and so is the scream of the being responsible it doesn't matter he screams
1: (laughs) in so we implicitly have this makes no sound and yet Captain Marvel's like wait do you hear something that's his cosmic awareness there's his cosmic awareness okay (laughs) it's a superpower furthermore after Thanatos decides to rip the flaming heart out of a star just because we flip back to the Kree supreme intelligence who's gloating over his manipulations that have led up so far and decides that in order to further weaken frustrate irritate Captain Marvel he decides that he needs to have Captain Marvel wind up near the destroyer and so he fires his supreme intelligence through the galaxy, which apparently looks like I don't know. Yellow the, the little pills. yeah, li- Yellow pills or the little wooden things from Ikea furniture that you use no, to no, push. No, no, no. They're Nerf pellets. Nerf pellets. There we are. They're Nerf oh, pellets they're and they're intelligence. Pellets. Supreme intelligence. So the uh, Supreme Intelligence fires off its Supreme Intelligence to hack the robot donkey and make them crash.
0: Although, like he even mentions, I almost thought I heard a scream. But here in
1: space? <laughs> Again, we've got this whole how did I hear something? We're in space. But I heard something.
0: Uh, I'm oh. going to presume that they have radios, because they shouldn't actually be able to hear each other. But never mind. <laughs> well, that,
1: they've got the little side antenna thing, so that's, that's uh, that But yes, they do mention the cosmic awareness, which is apparently why Captain Marvel is capable of hearing things in space. Yes. But yes, the donkey goes super wacky and starts diving towards the planet. Rick gets kicked off, so he winds flying up down there, which, again, why the hell are they not just flying to location, considering all of their powers were supposedly light-based. So, you know, they just need to swing near a sun every now and again to recharge. But no, they crash land on the planet, and then Captain Marvel, the Kree warrior, dissects the robotic donkey to try to figure out what went wrong.
0: Yeah, well, you know. Meanwhile, mysterious girl appears again, and good old Rick chases after her because...
1: Well, she looks very much like his ex-girlfriend. Only wearing very see-through clothing. Mm -hmm. It's Um, like pink silk. (laughs) Yeah, she keeps appearing and disappearing, and then we switch to the Destroyer.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, he uh, spots Captain Marvel on the moon and decides that since I can't destroy Thanos, I will destroy the guy who killed Thanos, because... I got nothing better to do with my life.
1: Because Marvel killed Thanos, so didn't give Drax a chance to kill Thanos. And so, in his mind, he must kill Captain Marvel to, I guess by extension, kill Thanos.
0: Yep. I do like the cool split-face panels where one panel has half of Captain Marvel's face and the other panel has half Drax's face but put together it's kind of a split screen that's on page 14.
1: Which is another thing that they'll do a lot of times when they want to do that whole contrast kind of thing. I think they did that in one of the Warlocks too with the the Warlock and the Magus but I can't remember specifically. That would make sense because... Again. But uh, yeah the counterpoint of you know strong jawed Captain Marvel blonde haired blue eyed despite the fact that most Kree are blue skin. But and then you've got Drax on the other side with his I'm angry, sharply downturned eye, gonna kill somebody. Yep. Uh,
0: so he does
1: crack his helmet. Uh-huh. Which he doesn't need. Because he's got Marvel, but you know <laughs> We'll we'll not delve into that. I do also <laughs> like how Drax is entering the atmosphere. Outpacing his own sound wave, which means he should be generating a sonic boom, assuming the atmosphere is capable of having sonic booms generated. Yet they say it's silent. Well,
0: it's because he <laughs> outpaced the sound wave, so the boom would happen after he hits, except for it's just a crash. Yeah, which is his fist hitting Marvel's helmet. <laughs> yeah. And don't they worry do.
1: <laughs> again, hint at the cosmic awareness, which, you know, he was doing all over the place earlier, but now it's like, oh, but the interesting thing about being cosmically aware is the fact that it apparently just involves Captain Marvel turning his head and going, holy goosh, there's a guy in a purple suit with his fist out flying straight at me.
0: Yeah. Well, and you can also hear him crush an asteroid a million miles away. Well, and tear the heart out of his sun.
1: So, yes, uh, I do like
0: he yells at Destroyer Drax, stop. Why are you doing this? You, Marvel, you took my mission from me. You destroyed Thanos. My life has known no comfort since that day. My life was made meaningless on that day. For that, I'll destroy you. And then Cat Marvel thinks, great ammo, what power.
1: I never had to face him in the Thanos War, and I liked it that way. <laughs> Many people did. We've got Captain Marvel's ace up his sleeve, which he always has to have, which is even though the Destroyer is physically powerful, he's not as fast as Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel can avoid the strike. And then what happened to Rick? Well, you know, he was chasing that girl.
0: He finds the girl no longer in pink dress, but instead in kind of Tarzan bikini.
1: Jungle type situation. Oh, and Captain Marvel is apparently capable of breathing the atmosphere and fighting in the atmosphere, but has trouble doing it. Which again, flying through space without a helmet, he's yeah. fine. But happens. yeah, you know, maybe it's because he only has one megaband. Maybe that's it. Maybe he needs both Nicobans to be able to be capable of flying through space or something. Or something. That's my headcanon for this. So yes, now we actually have the woman not simply standing around. She's actually responding to Rick. They do an excellent transition scene here on uh, page 18, where, you know, Rick's doing the gentle reaching out for the girl's hand, and then the panel switches to Drax grabbing Captain Marvel by the wrist. But that's okay.
0: Captain Marvel knows judo or Aikido or something and uses that to just twist
1: Drax. Kree-Kido. <laughs> kree there we go. <laughs> and again, Whack Pam Bao manages to get enough of a hit on Drax to knock him unconscious.
0: Yeah, so he could tear the heart out of a sun, but, you know, a few knocks from Captain Marvel and he's unconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so has Drax ever won a fight ever? I don't think we've seen one yet.
1: Haven't seen one yet, no. But I think Trax wins a fight or two, particularly when he's running around with other people. I'm yeah, not sure. he will. When he's not When he's not like, I must destroy, I think he has a capability of winning fights. It's when he's the I must destroy that he can't win fights. Actually, no, yeah. the Blood Brothers. That's true. Man,
0: they did, did beat up the Blood Brothers.
1: Yeah. With the help of Iron Man. Captain Marvel is all thoughtful about the fact that he didn't realize that the destroyer would wind up being driven crazy by stopping Thanos. And of course, now, after long enough for Marvel to reflect on this fact, that's when Thanos, or that's when uh, Drax gets back up. Yeah. And uh, again, fight, fight, fight. And eventually he
0: flees into space
1: without a helmet. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh. And. Yeah, despite atmosphere being poisonous. And only having one Megaband, so headcanon disproved. Nope. Um, maybe he's just holding his breath. And general space fight, getting asteroids smashed into him. Marvel having a really stupid look on his face. Uh, midway through 27.
0: Well, I think that's supposed to be blood. Like, it really looks like he's supposed to be beat up a bit. Well, him. yes,
1: the, the black is blood because the Comics Code wouldn't allow you to actually use... They don't allow you to actually use red for blood because... At this time, they felt it conveyed too much violence.
0: Yeah, but it's totally cool to rip the heart of the sun and smash people into asteroids. But Well, yeah,
1: and grab Captain Marvel by the foot and do, like, cartoon-level stuff where smash, 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 smash. Oh, come on. This is totally pro-wrestling-level stuff. <sighs> and then, you know, all this conflict, Captain Marvel's not going to be able to take much more of this, and Rick Jones with Sexy Bikini Woman in Jungle planet. Here we find out that the lady's name is Fawn, and she tries to convince Rick to remove his helmet. And then when he says, I'm not sure I can breathe, she's like, Oh, you're no Fawn, and proceeds to run off.
0: She's, uh. Yep. She's
1: a, yeah. Yeah. It- <laughs> It gets weirder. She uh, continues to say, hey, I'm sexy and wonderful, but that glass ball you're wearing on your head is totally a turnoff. And at this yeah. point, Rick Jones is like, you know what? I chased you through a forest and you're hot. Sure, I'll take it off. Oh, poisonous atmosphere. Well,
0: he's also like, I should be able to use my Nega Band to adjust. Apparently yeah, not.
1: Apparently not. Then we get back up and Thanos spins Captain Marvel around. You mean Drax? And, or Drax, I'm sorry. <laughs> Drax <laughs> yes. spins Captain Marvel around. I apologies. I apologize. getting a little confused there, and decides he's going to throw Captain Marvel into the atmosphere of a moon. Which, moons don't usually have that much atmosphere.
0: A little bit of an atmosphere, but yeah, it's not as much.
1: Not as much as a planet, or it'd be a planet. So now we've got Captain Marvel on fire, flying towards a moon. And that's the end of that issue yep so we've got strange woman poisoning rick jones and captain marvel flying and flaming into a moon oh i missed that one of the smashes into a asteroid was rangoom i don't know how that's an onomatopoeia for getting smashed into an asteroid well you've never heard someone get smashed into an asteroid before fair enough
0: all right so, here in issue 44, the cover is Captain Marvel and a bunch of robots attacking him. It this says,
1: is Drax the Destroyer and the Incomparable Killing Machine, uh, in action as you've never seen it before, despite him being in all kinds of action in the previous episodes.
0: Yes. So this uh, one's title is Death Throws. Uh, Once again, Steve Englehart is author, Al Milgram is artist, and they're listed as co-plotters. Tom Orszakowski, lettering, Janice Cohen, coloring, Marv Wolfman, editing. It opens up with Captain Marvel sort of on fire as he's hurling back into the planetoid's atmosphere.
1: So I think it's actually throwing him back to the planet they were just on. So it does have an atmosphere. Strangely enough, we don't spend the first two pages on recap. It's later on. After Captain Marvel's intro, where he's flying with planetoid, we've got Rick Jones, who uh, just took uh, off his helmet because of the girl. Yeah, (laughs) and is talking about how the atmosphere is poisonous. So now we've got, oh, maybe Fawn's this bad person. She's running away, and he thinks for a second, I almost loved her, despite the fact seeing her three times in random locations and her telling him to take off his helmet in a poisonous atmosphere.
0: Well, he's a young man. She's a girl with a lot of hair, a lot of clothing. That's like Love at first sight.
1: I guess so. <laughs> so, oh, my headcanon is actually proved correct in the latter half of this, where he says he's used the Negaband to keep himself alive in space while he fought with normal strength. Normal for a Kree, mind you, which apparently is pretty crutacic since he was punching drags all around. But now he uses the Negaband to draw power so that he can pull himself out of the atmosphere replenish his vitality and fly towards the destroyer.
0: And there's a little panel that apparently the Kree superintelligence is still watching.
1: Well yeah, he's got nothing better to do. He's a giant amorphous blob with tentacles growing out of his head for some reason.
0: Oh and apparently he wasn't
1: was he not planning for tracks to fight? I no, guess he, he wasn't was. planning for
0: them to fight this long.
1: Yes, he <laughs> wanted it to to go faster. So
0: He sends his yellow Nerf beam.
1: To fix the donkey.
0: To fix the donkey, yep, okay.
1: <laughs> not not to stop the fight. Oh, no. No, which he said was <laughs> taking too long, just so that when Marvel, I guess, inevitably, kicks Drax's bleep, they can hop back on the donkey and continue to where they need to go to. And all the while, the Supreme Intelligence is pretty much saying, ha 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 ha, I'm so smart, and I've got this whole thing figured out.
0: I'm not that impressed with him yet.
1: He doesn't strike me as a terribly impressive individual. So now we've got Captain Marvel utilizing his negaband and getting, like, super-duper power boosts and using asteroids to block Drax's energy blasts. And now, all of a sudden, he's gone from nearly dead to smashing into Drax and beating the crap out of him. Um, oh, I
0: will say, Drax did remember he does have
1: beams he can shoot out of his hands. <laughs> he does. He hasn't yet forgotten about this ability. Here, we also see more metaplot being set up, with him counterpointing Drax is, what? But you were nearly dead! With, as a phrase I found in Rick Jones's Terran memories would express it, Destroyer, 99 and a half won't get it. Which, not being from this era, I can't say if whether or not that's an actual phrase, but comes off a little silly. <laughs> but uh, there's a whole strange, my mind is feels flooded with Rick's memories. Oh well, I can figure it out later. Which is fairly sensible, since he is fighting crazy Destroyer guy in space who just about killed him an issue ago. He proceeds to pummel Drax enough that he can get a grip on his foot and throws him into an atmosphere. This is then followed by more strange Terran phrases, like, You may think that having to take care of Rick after getting free of the negative zone at long last has made me an easy mark. Well, you're wrong, Jack. Oddly, Drax
0: lands on the planet and meets up with a mysterious woman who does something to make him remember things, which recaps his story of dying, being resurrected by Thanos, uh, that his daughter he is resurrected by Kronos. I mean, Kronos, yes, to fight Thanos. <laughs> One of those people resurrected him. <laughs> but more importantly, he senses that Rick Jones is close to death and knows why, but then also senses that Thanos is alive
1: and flies off to go find Thanos. In the meantime, telling Captain Marvel chat with this chick over here she's totally got something she wants to say to you uh but
0: apparently he can't see her
1: at which point she reaches out and proceeds to tell without speaking captain marvel that rick jones is in danger and... flies off to where he is on the planet and comes to the conclusion that the reason why rick jones is doing so poorly is because the negative bands are connected and so he drew some of rick jones's life force in order to be able to beat the crap out of the destroyer and he restores it and realizes he has to reach the next planet so that he can find, I guess, medical help for Rick?
0: Well, they fly off into another episode, and uh, we don't see tracks for a little while. So I guess that is it for us. Yeah, Captain Marvel and Rick Jones Space Buddies is uh, not my favorite era. Oh wait, okay, sorry. There's more deaths to this issue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they get back to the donkey, it functions, (laughs) they get to Deneb 4, which is not what the Supreme Intelligence expected it to be, since... Marvel did not defeat the Destroyer, and a random factor has entered the supermeter's master plan. How will that affect his strategies and preparations? Here. And we find that Deneb Four has been destroyed. So he does find
0: a central medical facility with a standardized life support chamber that he can put Rick into, and then he scouts around and gets attacked by robots.
1: Not just robots. Nulltrons. Uh, yeah, they look- works. Were- outlawed by the Supreme Intelligence because they existed to punish anyone who transgresses against the Kree Empire. Right. Point out that Niltrons are effectively giant heads with arms.
0: Yeah, they look kinda like kind of like the Easter Eastern Island, Island heads. But with robot arms and not as a body.
1: <laughs> yeah, not quite as stylized either. The Niltrons prepare to or appear to try to capture Captain Marvel. He snaps one of their arms Saying, you'll not hold me, and the Noltron responds with, I would not wish to, because animated repen- matter is repellent to the Noltrons. Yeah. All no matter must be rendered inanimate like the metal of which we are made, except by moving and interacting, they are animate. Shh, quite. Different kind of animate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe um, organic. So. Yes. So, Girl does appear again
1: to give him some knowledge, I guess. This is after he uses a patch of grass to distract the Nultrons. Right. Interestingly enough, the Nultrons can see the girl, but Captain Marvel still can't. Guess his cosmic awareness is on the fritz. But But she proceeds to charge Captain Marvel back up so that he can head back to where Rick is.
0: But he's gone, and then he is attacked by more robots. These are more... These
1: are more standard robots. Silver Iron Man-like robots. (laughs) And then... Since he's overly exhausted and pushed to the absolute limit, enough robots manage to overwhelm him, knock him out, and then haul him down, which, again, it reflects back on the fact that despite the Supreme Intelligence wanting him alive, he keeps trying to kill him or send him to places where he can potentially die, at which point we head down into a strange subterranean chamber where we find Rick in his life support thing, stuck in the wall, and then... He is assured, calm yourself, Cree-man. The Terran is unharmed, to which Marvel freaks out because it's another Nultron, except not exactly. Instead, it is a Nultron with some guy's head attached to it.
0: Yeah, it is just a bald head screwed onto the top of this rock robot.
1: Yes, (laughs) and he is the head, in quotes, so we know it's a pun, of the Underground to fight against the Nultrons, at which point we start to get more of what is going on, which is that Captain Marvel and Rick are merging into one being, which is why Captain Marvel has been making all of the Rick-level references he has. Yeah.
0: He really should get back to Earth and ditch Rick as soon as possible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he never quite gets rid of Rick. but uh, So that is the end of Drax's interactions, since he just flew off and went nowhere.
0: Oddly enough, he doesn't make it back in time for the avengers special with gamora and thanos which we'll cover soon enough i guess so the next time we will see drax will be in captain marvel 58 where he comes back to pick a fight with captain marvel again but thanos is
1: around so well we'll We'll get to that we'll get to that (laughs) that was an odd appearance of drax (laughs) (laughs) just just apparently as a distraction by the kree supreme intelligence to beat up captain marvel more and I don't know if you want to mention, a side note, in 45, we actually get to see one of the Infinity Gems. Oh, okay. They're not called that at this point, because originally they were the Soul Gems. But this, I believe, is the first appearance, or at least it's the appearance in Captain Marvel. I don't know if it's the very, very first appearance. But um, Wow,
0: so I mean, there's the Soul Gem in Warlock. That's the only one that's appeared so far? That's the
1: one that has appeared so far. I okay. want to
0: say... So believe- this one
1: is... This one, I believe, is the power or mind gem. I'm not sure which.
0: Yeah, so I know there's a... It's either a two-in-one or a... Might be a team-up with Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Spider on the Moon. I think that's it. (laughs) That uh, Ah. has two other gems
1: show up. Okay. Yes, and reading a little bit into the issue, it does actually say that this is one of the fabled six soul gems. And they actually mention the fact that one of these gems resides with a man named Adam Warlock
0: okay so yeah so they've started establishing these gems they will be uh quite important in the near future i think maybe episode 13 will cover that
1: okay but yeah that's the first appearance of that other gem which like i said is either the mind or power gem they don't go into detail as to which one it is my guess is mind because in that episode they're trying to use it to deal with the whole minds merging into one thing okay but i think that wraps this up yeah so, Drax
0: punches asteroids and destroys suns when he's mad at not being able to kill Thanos.
1: Which, <laughs> yeah, that's some anger issues. I suppose when your entire existence has been forged out of a soul that was killed by Thanos and stopped before it could reach its final destination, shoved into a synthetic body forged out of a planet, and then sent with the sole purpose to kill Thanos, you kind of have a She's limited number of notes you can play there. Yes. I think that is it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There's there's not a lot to say about that particular run of Captain Marvel. It's kind of something that you actually have to look at because it's, it's, yeah. And that's not even the half of what goes on because very shortly we get a big gear shift with Captain Marvel and he goes in a completely different direction, which happens when you swap writers. So, so you want to wrap it up then? Okay. Well, I think we did. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode 10.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Cosmic Tales. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can email guardians at cosmictales.com. Find us on Twitter at Cosmic Tales, or leave a review on iTunes. Join us next episode where Groot fights the Hulk, Drax the Destroyer punches more things in space, Adam Warlock teams up with the Spider-Man to destroy the garden on the moon.